0: a contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline integrity and respect welcome to hammer and grind What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. If this is your first time here and you receive some value from the show, please do us a favor and go and leave us a review, give us a five star or tell us what you'd like to do differently. And if you haven't heard about our private Facebook group called The Profit Club, go check it out. We've created this mastermind community to help contractors put profit back into their P&L. And in the group, we talk about three things, the profit sales system, marketing, and knowing your numbers. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go visit us. Check it out over at uh, hammergrindcom forward slash The Profit Club. On today's episode... We're talking about something pretty important Eric and I have implemented in our business that's helped us immensely with communicating with our customers. Eric, what are the three things that we've implemented that's helped us?
1: In a nutshell, what we're looking at is ask, listen, affirm. I mean, what? yeah, think about it. We, we just want it to be super simple. We're going to dive deep into each one of these things and kind of give you some tools to make this better for you. But really, to effectively communicate, you need to ask the right questions not talk, your, run your mouth about how cool you are, ask proper questions, listen correctly, because there's a way to listen correctly and not, and then give an affirmation at the end, uh, affirm that you've heard what they said. So let's, let's dive deeper into each one of these topics and uh, see if we can shine some light on how to be better communicating.
0: Let's do it. So a lot of the stuff that we do in our own business comes from a book written by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend picking that up. But uh, he talks about in there calibrated questions. And that's the first thing that we want to talk about is calibrated questions. Eric, why don't you give us kind of an overview of what, what that is? So there's a lot of ways to ask the
1: right questions. But basically, want we want to we know, know how we can help them. So questions like how and what, beginning with how and what, are really good ways to start your questions off and not just start, you know, Hey, I think we should do this. I'm going to design that, you know, oh, if you want a bathroom, I've done a lot of them. Like just, you gotta, you gotta ask questions instead of just tell them how cool you are. Like I said, right. So it'd be like, how long have you been thinking about doing this? You know, what is it that we can do to help you? Like those kind of questions that get them to think and actually like almost put themselves in your shoes so they can help you understand how it is that you can help. So those are powerful questions starting with uh, what and how,
0: but why? I mean, why do we need to do that?
1: Well, a good part of communicating is we want them to communicate with us. They've called us, right? They're like, hey, we want our bathroom redone. We want our, our we want a pond in our backyard. We need to know what that looks like to them, right? So who's excited about the project? How long have you been thinking about doing this? When is it that you want to get this project completed? These are the kind of questions that we need answered. So we're actually communicating and not just talking. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So I was kind of setting you up. Whenever I asked you why, how did you feel whenever I asked you that question? When I said, why, why is this important? How did that make you feel? I wanted
1: to punch you in the neck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why is a threatening statement. It makes people be on the defensive. Why? Well, why you why are to- you wanting to get this done now? Yeah. Right?
1: well what's inspired you to get get going on this project now it's different right
0: yeah so that, that that's why the calibrated questions is uh they're purpose-built questions I like to say purpose-built meaning we're not just saying things that kind of our, out of our mouth they're questions that we've actually pre-planned whenever we're talking to customers on um, how to get information that we want it's kind of a um, if I could simplify this it's kind of a What's the word I'm looking for? What's that called, Eric? Whenever they have like hidden messages inside of a message,
1: I don't know. That's like when you run a record backwards when you listen to Ozzy Osbourne. It starts.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's that called?
1: That's like devil worship stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. Okay, my, my mind escapes me, but it's like a hidden way of yeah. getting information. I don't. I don't want to say manipulative because we're not trying to manipulate people, but it is a way. Uh, it's a tactical way of getting information purposefully. I think, you know, prior to reading that book and understanding this concept, I, you know, it was just like, I didn't even know how to talk to people. I thought I knew how to talk to people, but I really didn't know until I read that book and started implementing the stuff that he talks about.
1: Well, part of the calibrated questions and asking, you know, what's and how's, we can get clues as contractors to communicate effectively because instead of just randomly throwing stuff out, if you can kind of lead the conversation, you know, it's like, you want to, do you want to do some discovery of like the scope of work? Like, what do you want to get done? You know, are we taking out the tile? Are we taking it off the ceiling? Are we gutting it? Are we just putting new countertops? Let's, let's figure out the scope. Let's discover that. Like, how, how can I help you? Right. But once you kind of understand that part, then you can slowly navigate and control the conversation communicating. Like, I think that's a good way to do it. Right. You can find out about the timeline. Like, well, when are you hoping to get this thing done? You know, so now we know timeline. We know if they're just, oh, maybe next year or, hey, next week. Now we have more critical information, you know, that we can communicate now our schedule and see if they align so we become good fits together, right? So we're going to be talking about communicating from the get-go, like before we get a project sold. And even like, okay, now the project's sold and we're communicating during the, the installation of the product.
0: So if we're using how and what, maybe a better way of saying, instead of saying, when are you wanting to get it done, it would be something like, how soon are you wanting to get this done? Yeah, that's perfect. To form it in a how question. So right. a lot of it is the same question. It's just the power of how and what. And how is a great beginning to a, a question. And here's what's crazy about this. And I know you know this, Eric, but, you know, you can use this on your wife, your spouse, your husband, your kids, anybody. This isn't like just communicating with customers. This is communicating one-on-one with anybody. Well, the
1: amazing thing about this is, is I wanted to communicate better with my prospects and with my clients, uh, with my customers, however you want to call it. I wanted to communicate better with them. The amazing thing is when I became better communicating with them, all of a sudden I'm communicating with my kids better, my friends better, my wife better. And so it's, it's pretty rewarding in that regard. And to get back to the calibrated questions on how and what the person can't answer with a yes or a no, or a maybe like they need to do some explaining. They need to communicate with you. So if you're asking questions that drive communications, then we're winning.
0: Yeah. It's all open-ended questions. It's not, are you wanting to get this done pretty soon? Yeah. Okay. If I could do it next week, is that soon enough?
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, right. So it's like, there's no, there's no, like, you got to drive the communications. And so, but a lot of people just don't know how to communicate. They're not good at it. Some some people even have personalities that keep them from wanting to communicate or they're introverts and they don't want to talk very much. But if you ask the right questions, it opens them up to to proper and quality communications.
0: Well, I think um, I'm sure everyone listening knows somebody and everyone and maybe even some that are listening that are. But like they don't even want to talk to customers. If If they could somehow figure it out to where they could do the work without actually talking to customers, that's what they would prefer to do.
1: Well, I mean, that's a different topic because maybe they need to hire someone out to do the communications and the sales or those kind of things. Right. So they can focus on what they're really good at or what they love to do.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But it's also like, do you want to have a successful business or not? Like, that's what it boils down to. Or do you, do you just want to be like, no, I don't want to talk to people. This my way or the highway. I'm busy. If you, if you don't, you know, if you can't wait six months too bad, that's just your problem. Well, you
1: know, what's funny is you just mentioned that. It got me thinking. It's like I'm trying to think about the person who doesn't want to talk to someone. Maybe it's just because they don't have the know-how. They don't have the skills to understand how to properly communicate. And so they get caught in this communications and it doesn't go anywhere. They don't have any control. So just by learning these few things that we're going to talk about, these three simple steps, now they might have better control of the conversation and actually be able to direct it to get the information they need so they can even close it up faster if they want to. I mean the faster we can communicate what what the needs are, the faster we can button things up and and close it up so that that could be part of the the problem maybe they're not an introvert they just or maybe they're de personality or whatever but they don't know how to ask the right questions.
0: why are you uh dogging on D's d personalities right now because well,
1: I' because I, I know you're a d personality and
0: <laughs> hey, I want to throwing wanna, jabs, <laughs> throwing jabs. I want to translate this into marriage counseling real quick. Not too long. I don't want to stay here too long, but I just want to show how this can apply to your marriage and how you can use how and what questions. You know, if your spouse, let's just say that uh, because I'm a I'm a man, obviously I'm married to a, a woman. So if my wife came up to me and said, "Why do you leave your underwear on the floor every night?" What am I going to do?
1: She's attacking you. What
0: am I going to do instantly? You're going to get defensive. I'm going to get defensive and get pissed off. No, you're going to go because I want to. You're a D personality. I'll say, shut up, woman. No, (laughs) I wouldn't. I would never do that. She'd probably punch me right in my, you know what. Instead, what she could do is if she was trying to find out information and bring awareness to it without putting me on the defensive, she could have said, like, how can I help you? You know, make sure you put your underwear away every night.
1: Why, why are we talking about your underwear? Like, can we just talk about communicating just, with customers?
0: First of all, I put my underwear away every night. I put them in the, I put my clothes away. I'm just using you that as an example. You probably fold
1: them and then put them in your hamper probably, right?
0: Yep. Oh God. My dirty underwear, I fold them and put them away. No, but, but I'm just using that as an example because that, that's a, dude, like every person has arguments. Every couple has arguments about putting clothes on the floor. That's the most common argument.
1: I thought your wife would be like, how stupid can you be, Brad? Probably. <laughs> and then you can't answer with a yes or no. You're like, well, um, no, I, um, I'm partners with stupid. Eric Triplett in the Hammer and Grind podcast. I mean, that's pretty
0: far <laughs> up there. <laughs> the, so how and what, right? How can I help you? How can I remind you to put your clothes away? Right? That's a question of her trying to help me solve a problem. It's not why do you do it? Why? Do, why do you leave your clothes out? Or it could be what, like, what's the reason behind you doing this every day? Because she's trying to understand, like trying to understand my perspective. And it could be, you know, well, I just forget. I throw it down there. I'm going to, when I get out of the shower, I'm going to pick it up and I forget and go to bed. But it's a way of asking a question that could be confrontational without being confrontational. You're speechless again. Yeah. I was All right, back to uh, contracting.
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking about, I was trying to figure out some kind of smart-ass way, but I was like, I'll just be quiet here. But no, I mean, you got a good point. It's like, well, why why did you do this? Yeah, it gets you kind of defensive, for sure. Because I, I actually didn't see it in, in you know, the why question we you mentioned earlier. It doesn't seem confrontational in a normal conversation with a client. But since you put it in that regard... People are fighting with their spouse and they did get asked, why do they just leave their clothes on the floor? Why do they leave the kitchen sink messy? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, why do you want to get it done so fast? You know, they're like, they get up tight. I could see how that could kind of escalate and kind of compound.
0: Why does it matter to you when I want to get it done? I just want to get it done. Yeah. So. And it's not always the case, but it's just, you should avoid using why. Why is an accusatory question.
1: So there's an entire list of calibrated questions in the sales process that we use all the time. We have a whole Mm -hmm. list of them and we can share them with you if if you want to reach out to us. But this podcast is probably too long to get into each one of them and, you know, when we use them and why. But, you know, we kind of have a list of questions that we always ask our prospects to make sure we're communicating well, to make sure we're transitioning into towards the end of the call. But the second step, unless we can go backwards if you you feel like it, Brad, but like, let's get into listening, active
0: listening. Before you you do that, oh, you went there. Dang it, I was trying to cut you off. No, I want to show also how this applies to the job site because you're, you're on a job site, you sold the job, you're working for the customer and you come across a problem and you go to the customer and say, you know, customer, here's the issue. We ran into this. And so... You may offer up a couple different solutions, right? We can do this, or we can do that, or we can do this. And if you're trying to work through this, one of the questions you can ask a what question it could be: What is the most important thing to you? You know, what is most important about? Is it most important that it looks good, or that it, or is it more important that it's, you know, more functional? Like, what's most important to you? So you can use these calibrated questions throughout the whole process of talking to your customer.
1: Yeah. So also you could say, Hey, this this is the problem we ran into. Here's three potential solutions. Uh, How would you like us to approach it?
0: Yeah. That's another way. Yeah. And and, how and what?
1: And then they get to communicate their kind of way to into it. So moving into listening. And so it's ask, listen, affirm. So listening is, is really listening, be an active listener. Too many people are, are, they're too obsessed with like the next thing they want to ask, the next thing they want to say, the next thing they want to communicate that they they don't actually take in the communications from the person they're talking to. And in this case, their client, the prospect or whatever. But it translates over to your kids, to your friends, to your wife. Just become an active listener and actually be quiet and pay attention to what the people are saying to you.
0: Yeah. Can I tell you what I think? Please. <laughs> Just No, that's, you know, I've been thinking about what I want to say the whole time you've been talking. I don't even know what you said, Eric. I just was waiting for you to shut up. So it's my turn to talk. Yeah, that's what people do. That's exactly what happens. I mean, I, I was, believe me, I'm
1: guilty of it all the time. I still do it sometimes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. We, you know, you're, they go off on a tangent. I mean, I do this with you all the time because you'll start talking. And I'm like, crap, it's going to be a 20 minute tangent. I'll just start taking a crap or Doing something else because I know you're going to be talking for a long time. So
1: you put the phone down. You're like this. Put the phone down. Walk away. Pick the phone back up. Pull to your ear. You're still talking. No, didn't even skip a beat.
0: No, that's uh. But that's what we do. Is like we're again, especially if we're in a in a um, high stress situation. Yeah, yeah. You know where you have a problem on the job and it's going to cost the customer thousands of dollars and it could be your fault it could have been their fault whatever you know it's a high stress situation right so as a contractor we need to be able to listen and understand what's the the phrase is seek first to understand and then be understood right so you should always listen first and you have to be actively listening to what they're saying so i'm not i shouldn't be thinking about my response to what you say I should be listening to what you are saying, internalizing that, thinking about it, and then replying, right? And sometimes you are going to have a pause. Like if you get done talking, I may just be like staring off into space for thirty seconds because I am just thinking about it, and then and then I am going to reply.
1: So my daughter, so my daughter, when she gets hot, sometimes she'll be, she'll like, she'll get upset about some things, and then just like shelf it and set up about things and shelf it, and then if we get in an argument, she's like this, 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 I'm like, wait a second. I still want to respond to number one and she's already on number three. And, and then by the time she's done with the six or seven items, I'm like, I already forgot number four and five. So it's, it's hard. Cause I'm thinking about one, you know? So sometimes I like, if she's yelling at me, I just start taking notes, you know, it's like, I'm just taking notes. So you can just keep talking. And I just, I have my list of stuff to talk to you about later.
0: Well, then this, this is funny you said that because that's exactly what happens with my guys. You know, I come in and my communication style is I give them an overview of everything that we're going to do, right? Just a general overview. And then we come back to the first thing and then go into detail. So if I'm sit talking to my guys, I may say, okay, here's what we're doing today. You know, first thing we're going to do is demo. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to set up, you know, protection dust protection then we're going to do demo and then we're going to do framing and then we're going to do dry blah 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 well they're still thinking about okay how are we going to put up dust protection we got to put up holes here and we got to tape this and we got to get plastic put a door here like they're going in their head about just the first step and they don't hear anything that i say past the first step and that's what we do as people whenever we're communicating so when you're talking to your customer they're going to hear the first thing you say. And then they're going to hear the last thing you say, and they're pretty much going to remember the last thing that you said. True. You know, I think about
1: sometimes when I finish building a beautiful pond for someone, it's all, you know, the waterfall's going and the fish are back in there and the plants are everything and they're all excited. I might do a, you know, final walkthrough and kind of tell them how to do some things. And then a month later, I might be back there to check up on them. And I'll be like, hey, how often have you cleaned this filter over here? They're like, I have a filter over there. I'm like, well, yeah, you have a filter right there. I told you, and you know, when we did the final walkthrough, they're like, I had no idea, you know, they just had no idea. So for me, effectively communicating with those people is giving them like a punch list. So almost like I'm getting an affirmation, the final piece of the puzzle by giving them a piece of paper, right? But there's just another example of people get caught up in their emotions and their excitement and their stress, and then they miss some of that middle stuff
0: yeah yeah for sure and and if you know if a customer is upset and they say something that you know maybe they're accusing you of doing something, then you're gonna get fired up and you're not gonna listen to anything else they say so i i we hadn't really talked about this, but all of these two things are super important is that you can't really do this like over text or email like if you're trying to communicate important things or sensitive things. You should never do that over text, written text or email. It should always be over the phone. I mean, that's because everything is taken out of context. Yeah,
1: super valid that you mentioned that because, I mean, this whole time, this was about verbally communicating that that's that's how I took it. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of people might think that way. But, you know, you're, you're missing spirit of conversation. You're missing tonality. You're missing inflections. You're missing some sincerity and empathy that you can might hear in the voice.
0: Well, and people will read will read your text in the ad, in the mood that they're in. And since you're so always if,
1: pissed, then yeah. everyone who sends you a text must be mad at you, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Whenever a customer sends me a text and says, "I love it so much," I'm like, "Why are you so freaking mad at me?" <laughs> <laughs> but they're gonna they're gonna read the text in the mood they're in. So if their spouse just made them mad, and they then they get an email from you, and it's like, "Hey." Uh, we need to talk about money. They're going to read it like, hey, we need to talk about money. Why haven't you paid me yet?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think that's a nice little bonus implementation here that you just added on. What else about active listening? I, th- I think it seems so simple, but if you really think about it, think about the times where you've been in, in conversations or arguments or non-arguments, just strictly trying to get Things figured out where you don't feel like things were correctly communicated because someone wasn't listening. Maybe you, maybe the client.
0: Shut your mouth, Eric.
1: <laughs> so let's get on to the number third, the number C.
0: No, that was that was the next thing, shutting your mouth. Yeah, be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> this is a tactic that we use a lot in sales, but it also works in every here's what's crazy about this and i used to do the exact same thing so i'm just as guilty but a lot of us think of silence as bad right like we have to fill the silence we have to fill the void and so if we're silent it's awkward and we just you know so somebody's got to say something they got to fill the void like i've seen you know speeches where the guy walks out on the stage and they introduce him and he comes out and he just stands there and he kind of You know, he just kind of looks off and he's looking weird. And then, uh, you know, 30 seconds later, you start hearing some seats, people moving in their seats and, you know, and then about another 30 seconds some people are kind of grumbling around and saying things. And after like a full minute, minute and a half, two minutes of not saying anything, audience will start saying stuff like, you can do it. Come on, you can, you know, like, yeah, they just can't stand and not having saying. And then the guy's like, "Okay, I just did that as an experiment. Then you got, like, all of you are uncomfortable. I wasn't uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, a, t- so that's we- a tactic that can be used in all different kinds of fun ways. I had some, some cool art of silence moments over the weekend on sales calls, but that's not really, that's, I guess that's an art of communication, you know, cause if I'm communicating with someone about, you know, what their needs are and then I share, share a price with them and they're taken aback by it. And they're like, wow, if you're just quiet and you don't say anything, then they become uncomfortable with what they even just said. And so now they have to communicate almost an apology for acting that way, you know, and I just didn't say anything. So it, it is a way to communicate. Just the art of silence is, is important when, when you don't want to fill that void when it's necessary. But also in this initial um, podcast for communicating with customers is just listen to, to learn. Not listen and be quiet to create that space.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you may need to shut your mouth because you need to think about what was just said. And our natural reaction is to feel it. You know, if Eric says something that's challenging or may come across offensive to me or puts me on the defensive, then, you know, I, instead of saying, well, you're stupid. I don't believe, you know, I could just stop for a second and then internalize that, think about it, try to understand and then respond. Right. So silence can be a tactical, well, it is a tactical way of one, it could be a tactical way of selling, but it could also be a positive way of actively listening to the calibrated questions that you asked. the calibrated question. You actively listen to what they say. Then you basically, when they're done talking, now you keep your mouth shut while you internalize what they say, and then you can give a response.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, if someone asked me a question, I think it was uh, Simon Sinek said, I don't remember what, how he said it, but it was about thinking about it. If someone says something to him and he would, and he didn't know the answer, he would just say, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Can I take a moment to think about it? Right. Mm -hmm. And who's going to say, no, I need you to answer right now. Yeah. You got 10 seconds to answer me. Nobody's going to say that.
1: Yeah, Simon's a gangster. I love that.
0: So, you, I mean, what I'm saying is you can use that to your advantage.
1: So let's talk about affirming.
0: Affirmations. Affirming. Not the kind of affirmations where you say in the mirror every morning. Eric, you're strong. Your, Eric, what do, you, what do you say in the mirror?
1: Eric, you're strong. Eric, you're sexy. Eric, you're the man. You're tall.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're tall. <laughs> I hate you right now. You are tall. You are <laughs> the tallest person I know.
1: No. So so basically we want to affirm, we want to give them affirmation that they've been heard. And so, you know, one way you can communicate correctly with someone is, you know, ask the calibrated question, active listen. And then basically after you kind of get to a spot where you can go like, well, Hey, I think you've, I think you've painted a pretty good picture. Would it be cool if I just recap what we've talked about? I got kind of like a punch list. If that's cool with you, they're going to of course say, yeah, that'd be great. And then, then you can go into it. Okay. You want a pond, you want it deep, you want it a lot of fish, you want this, you want that. And you just kind of repeat what they've talked about and give them a basically a recap of, of your whole conversation in a nutshell, you know, and then they know that you've listened and they know that you, they've been heard. And that's a way to kind of like lock in the, the circle of the communication.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's this drives me nuts because communication is so important. I, my philosophy is you can never over communicate. Sure it might be annoying to some people, but over communicating will never hurt you. under communicating can't hurt you severely, so I like to get for example, you know if I'm putting up crown molding or something or if my guys are putting up or whatever if we're working, I always like to have them repeat the number I give them so if one of my guys is cutting trim and I yell out a number, you know seventy eight and seven sixteenths. I always like to have him yell it back, 78 7 sixteenths, or repeat it back. That way I know it's right because maybe he heard, you know, 78 9 sixteenths is what he thought he heard and he just goes out there and cuts it and then it's, you know, that in that case would be too long. But if it's the other way and it's too short, then you're screwed. So I'm always about repeating that. So that's what this is. It's affirming what they said. If the customer says, I'd really like to see the trim come all the way down to the bottom of the stairs, you know, and then turn down at the bottom. Okay, so bring it on down like this and then turn it down till it meets the floor. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Boom. Now there's no confusion as to what we're doing. Yeah, for sure.
1: P- people want to be heard. And, and the reality is most contractors run their mouth so much that they're not listening, that they don't hear the client. They don't hear the prospect. That's poor communications. The, the customer feels empty. And so as, as soon as you start to communicate with them like that, they're blown away.
0: Eric, I've been doing this for 37 years. I mean, I've done this in my sleep. I mean, I I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to, you know, tell me what to do. Yeah,
1: I don't need you to tell me how the trim needs to look at the bottom because it's going to look awesome when I'm done.
0: Yeah, I know how it's supposed to look. I'm not going to do it the way you want it. And So here's what's funny is some
1: contractors might think that way and actually speak that way, but a lot, a lot of contractors – think that way and they don't speak that way but they don't listen to the customer they're just going to do how they want to anyways. They don't do any affirmations. They don't listen well. They don't ask calibrated questions. It's it's a it's a poor way to communicate. There is no communication there.
0: And I will throw in a, uh, I'll tell a quick little story because it's funny but uh, it kind of contradicts what we're saying here but there's a reason why it does and that's because I built a great rapport with my customer and I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a straight shooter, no BS You know, I'll give you the honest truth and my customers appreciate that. Most people will appreciate that they know that what I'm telling them is what I believe to be true. So I have one one of my best customers I ever had. They end up moving away. But uh, I was had done multiple projects. I mean, basement remodel, all kinds of stuff, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars worth of work. And she would call me about once a month. Okay, Brad, I got another list of stuff for you to do. So I was over there looking at her thing and it was, I forget what it was, about stairs and her na- next door neighbor was over there, which I, I happened to know her from previous years. And uh, I was talking to Lynn was her name and she said, I want to do this, this and this. I said, no, Lynn, I'm not doing that. And then she's like, why? And I said, because it's not going to work. Like, what, I know what you're wanting to do, but what you're saying is not going to produce the outcome that you're wanting. So we're not going to do that. And then she told me later on after I left, her neighbor's like, you let your contractor talk to you like that? <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, once you build rapport and you have that relationship, I have a couple of clients that I could, I talk to like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. We had a great relationship. And uh, so I would not tell my customer. But if it was somebody that was new, I would still say the same thing. Only I would, the way I said it would be a lot, would be much more tactful. Right. I would still say, you know, that's probably not a good idea, you know, because of X, Y, Z. But that's just a funny story I wanted to share. So as far as affirmations go, there's a reason why, you know, like the military, when you're on the radios, they always confirm what was said. It's because Copy that. Yeah. Roger, I copy, you know, grid coordinates, whatever. Or when you get done, how copy over Roger, I copy, blah, blah, blah. So. It's because stuff gets lost in translation, right? Again, the customer comes and says, hey, I have these three things that need to be fixed. They tell you the first thing. You start daydreaming about the first thing, about how you got to fix the first thing. You don't hear the second two. So you're like, okay, great. And then they leave and then you fix the first thing, maybe the second thing, but you didn't hear the third thing. So you pack everything up. You're done. Hey, hey Eric, we're all done. You want to come check it out? They come in. Well, what about the third thing I mentioned? Huh? I didn't even hear you say that. Yeah, I wanted you to do that. Oh, okay. So now I got to get all my tools back out, you know, redo all this. Now I just effectively cost myself another hours worth of work because I wasn't listening.
1: This seems like a lot of common sense stuff. It really does. But if if you really audit yourself, I think you'll find that, I mean, I, I audit myself all the time because I can find myself slipping into bad habits like this. So I'm always constantly auditing, constantly trying to make sure I'm asking good calibrated questions. I'm active listening. And and I, I work really hard now to do that cool little sexy recap, to let them know that I'm, that I'm hearing what they're saying, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, why would you not want to? What is the downfall of doing that? Like if, of me saying, oh, okay. So just to make sure I'm on the same page with you, you want X, Y, Z. What could possibly be the downfall of doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a win win. I mean, I think it's uh, is that a wrap or what is it? Is, is that all? Are we done? Is that all wrapped up in a burrito? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fajita. I'm not even hungry. Well, I was gonna say, you know, the conversely to that is what could happen if you don't confirm. I mean, a lot could happen, right? Like I said, if you're not confirming what they want. Oh, you said you wanted four eight footers i thought you said you wanted 48 footers big difference right and it's a simple it could be a simple uh missed text. could be a simple slip of words your uh, phone may have cut out at that exact moment and that you know what i mean like there's there's a thousand things that could have caused that but not confirming that to me is just silly yeah like why would you never want to do that why are you staring at me weird into the camera <laughs>
1: Uh, I thought I was going to get you to break when you were doing your opener. I was, I was acting like a jackass on there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eric's making faces at me. We can see each other on the camera and he's making faces at me while I'm doing the opening statement. You almost lost it. Nah, I'm professional. jeez. Oh, All right. Let's tidy it up. Put a bow on it. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. All right. Well, to the th- go for it. Go ahead. No, you go for no, it. Go no, ahead. really. No, I want you, you to communicate
1: it. I'm listening. All right. Here it is in a nutshell. This is the recap. Calibrated questions, active listening, give an affirmation and you will become a better communicator. You'll thank Brad and I for it later. That's a wrap. We're going to close it up. I want to thank you so much for lending us your attention, your ears today, as you always do. And hopefully you've been uh, binging some of our podcasts and and taking in all the value we're trying to provide for you. If you are enjoying it, uh, it would mean the world to us. If you just took a minute to give us a review, of course we want you to subscribe and smash that five star rating It's a big help for us in the position and the ratings here. So follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook at hammerandgrindpodcast.com. And if you want to know more about the Profit Club, jump on over to hammerandgrind.com and uh, click up on the, the menu at the top and you will see the Profit Club and hope to see you on the inside, over and out. Copy that. Roger.